The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 188 Christ appears at the Feast of Tabernacles. The city of Jerusalem was bustling with excitement. Trumpets, harps, and all sorts of musical instruments were resounding triumphant songs near the temple. City residents and Jewish pilgrims from all over the region coursed through the streets. They poured in and out of the temple as priests offered sacrifices, sang hymns, and read the law. On top of nearly every rooftop in the city was a small shelter. These temporary shelters also adorned many streets and squares. The Jews had built them out of branches from olive, pine, myrtle, and palm trees. Instead of living in their houses, the people were temporarily living, eating, and sleeping in these small dwellings. The Feast of Tabernacles was underway. This is a festival that God commands his followers to keep every year. It happens in the autumn in the Northern Hemisphere. It lasts seven days and is a time of great rejoicing for the people. I wonder where Jesus is. One man in the temple whispered to his friend. Wouldn't you think he would be in Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles? I believe he is a true man of God. I would love to hear him teach again and see him work more miracles. His friend's eyes widened. I strongly disagree, he whispered. The man didn't want to disturb the priest reading the law at the front of the chamber, but he could not keep silent after hearing his companion praising Jesus. His teachings are dangerous. He is confusing many of the Jews and leading many astray with his crazy ideas. Jesus had traveled to Jerusalem to observe the feast. For the first few days of the festival, he had remained quiet. Many were curious about him and his teachings, but no one knew he was there. Halfway through the feast, the time came for Jesus to tell the people more of the truth of God. So he stood up in the temple and began to preach. Not everyone in the crowd knew of him. Several who had never heard or seen him before were struck by his message. This man is clearly well-educated, one man said. But how can this be? I don't recognize him as one of those men who studied under our rabbis. Jesus heard the question and explained why he spoke so powerfully and with authority. My teachings are not my own. They are not something I came up with on my own or anything that I learned in school. They are the ideas and teachings of the one who sent me. The Jews were intrigued by this answer. They kept quiet and let him continue speaking. Any of you who want to obey God will know what I teach comes from God, or if they are my own ideas. Jesus said, If a person wants to bring attention and praise to himself, he speaks his own ideas. But if a person instead seeks to bring attention and praise to the one who sent him, then he speaks truth. Jesus looked around at the people and spoke again. Didn't Moses give the law to you? Yet none of you obey it. So why do you want to kill me? Many were shocked 
and offended by Jesus' last statement. One man yelled, You are crazy. What makes you think anyone would want to kill you? Jesus explained that since he had healed a man on the Sabbath, some of the Jewish leaders had accused him of Sabbath breaking. Why are you hateful toward me for making someone well on the Sabbath? He asked. You must not judge by appearances. Instead, judge by what is right. At these words, some wanted to arrest Jesus, but others were impressed with him. When the Messiah comes, will he do more miracles than what this man has done? One man asked. I don't think he could. Several others shouted that they agreed with this view. Boss! The Pharisees were furious that some of the Jews seemed to think Jesus was the Messiah. They feared that their own positions of leadership could be threatened by his increasing popularity. So the Pharisees talked with the chief priests and then sent a pair of temple guards to arrest Jesus. Jesus saw them approaching, but it did not worry him. The guards would not lay their hands on him. He continued speaking. I will only be with you a little while longer. Then I will return to him who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. On the final day of the festival season, the last great day, Jesus spoke to the people in the temple once again. Crying out in a loud voice, he said, If any is thirsty, come to me and drink. All eyes locked on him. He continued, If you will have faith in me, life-giving water will flow from deep inside you, just as the scriptures say. The bold authority with which he spoke and the content of Jesus' message was entirely unlike anything the Jews had heard. A voice from the crowd rang out. This man surely is a true prophet. No, this man is actually the very Messiah. He is the Christ we've all been waiting for. Another man yelled. Many agreed that Jesus was either a prophet or the Messiah. But others were not convinced. The skeptic said, Do you really think the Messiah would come from some unimpressive place like Galilee? Where this man was born? That would never happen. The scriptures say the Messiah will come from the family of King David. So that probably means he will come from David's hometown, which is Bethlehem. The arguments became more heated. The people shouted at each other with rising intensity about whether Jesus was a deliverer or a fraud. He's a fraud! What do you mean? Some repeated the calls for him to be arrested. The temple guards were again sent to seize him. But as they drew near to Jesus, they were deeply impacted by his message. Again, they declined to arrest him. The guards returned empty-handed to the temple's private chambers where the Pharisees and high priests were gathered. What is wrong with you imbeciles? One Pharisee demanded. Why didn't you arrest Jesus and bring him here to be silenced and punished? The temple guards looked at the floor. They were ashamed that they had not followed orders, yet they felt that they had made the right decision. One of them answered, We didn't know what grounds we could arrest him on, and no one has ever spoken like this man speaks. Hearing this, the Pharisees grew even more furious. Have you men also been fooled by this imposter? Unbelievable! 
Not a single one of us Pharisees or chief priests believes his claims. It is true that some of the common people do, but that's only because they don't know the law of God. A heavy silence hung in the air for several seconds. Finally, one of the Pharisees stood up. It was Nicodemus, who had spoken with Jesus privately before and who had said that he believed he was sent from God. Nicodemus reminded the other Pharisees of what their law actually said. Our law does not allow us to condemn people before we even know what they have done or said. These men were right to refrain from arresting him. The Pharisees looked at Nicodemus with contempt. They didn't want to follow the law because they had already made up their minds that Jesus was guilty. You must be from Galilee yourself, Nicodemus. Go and read the scriptures, and you will see that no prophets will come from Galilee. A short time after sunset on the last great day, Jesus walked up to the top of the Mount of Olives. He wanted some time alone to reflect and pray. Early the next morning, he walked back down to the temple. He sat and began teaching God's truth to the people once again. But before he had time to get far into his message, he was interrupted by a commotion. The voice of a distraught woman cried out, saying, Please have mercy on me. Everyone in the temple turned around to see what was happening. At the rare entrance, they saw a woman being held by a group of scribes and Pharisees. She pleaded and tried to get free, but they held her firmly. The men dragged the woman up to where Jesus was sitting and pushed her to the ground. Master, one of the scribes said, We caught this woman in the act of committing the sin of adultery. There is no question that she is guilty, and the law of Moses says a person should be stoned for what she has done. Do you think we should stone her? These scribes and Pharisees thought that they had Jesus in a clever trap. If he said no, they could accuse him of dismissing the law given by Moses and condoning the sin. And if he said yes, they were ready to kill the woman. And then they would tell the Roman governor that Jesus had commanded them to do it. Under Roman law, only the governor had the authority to condemn someone to death. So the governor surely would be upset that Jesus had taken it upon himself to sentence her. And maybe that would be the end for Jesus. The Pharisees and scribes planned to use his answer against him, whether he said to stone her or not. But Jesus did not say a word. He stooped down to the ground extended the index finger of his right hand and began writing in the dust on the temple floor. He kept on writing as the Pharisees and scribes stared down at him in disbelief. Well, one of them shouted, Do you say we should stone her or not? Jesus stood and looked at them. Whichever one of you has never committed a sin may throw the first stone at her, he said. He then stooped back down and returned to writing in the dust. The Pharisees and scribes were aggravated that their plan to ensnare Jesus had failed. They were also angry 
that Jesus had reminded them of their own sins. They began to feel guilty. Each man knew that because of his own sins, he had no right to condemn and kill the woman. One by one, the Pharisees and scribes walked quietly out of the temple. When Jesus again rose from writing on the ground, he looked about the empty temple. Where is everyone? He asked the woman. Isn't there anyone left to accuse you? Looking around, the woman saw her accusers had all departed. She wiped the tears from her face and looked at Jesus. In a trembling voice, she said, No one is left, Lord. Jesus felt great compassion for her. He wanted to give her an opportunity to repent. And he knew that she wanted to change. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus said to her. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Standing in the doorway of the temple, Jesus watched a pair of kid goats outside jumping and frolicking near their mother. Capturing his attention was a group of Jews approaching with malice in their eyes. He knew they were enraged by the truth he had spoken. Jesus addressed their hypocrisy. You Pharisees believe that you are very spiritual and enlightened, but in truth, you are people of the world just as materialistic as others. I do not belong to this world. I am from heaven. Unless you change and believe that I am who I say I am, you will die in your sins. The men were furious. One man, his face red with rage, demanded, How can you accuse us like that? Who are you really? Jesus calmly responded, I am the son of man, just as I have said from the beginning. I speak only those things that I have learned from my father. My father sent me, and he is always with me. I only do and say things that please him. By this time, several others had gathered around to listen. Some found themselves nodding at Jesus' words and believing what he was saying. Jesus noticed their interest and went on. If you abide by what I say, then you are my disciples. You will understand the truth, and the truth will set you free. A short, fierce woman was unsettled by his last statement. Set us free? She asked. What are you talking about? We have always been free. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. Jesus replied, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. I know you are Abraham's descendants, and yet you have murder in your eyes because I have told you the truth which I have heard from my father. But you people do terrible things. You have learned from your father. The people did not understand what Jesus was saying. The short woman spoke again. Our father is Abraham. No, Jesus said. If Abraham were your father, then you would live and act as he did. Instead, you want to kill me, simply for telling you the truth of God. Abraham never did this. You do the deeds of your father. His answer enraged the crowd. The first man to speak took the opportunity to hurl out a nasty accusation that Jesus had been conceived outside of marriage. Our father is God, he concluded. No, Jesus said. If God were your father, then you would love me and obey me. But you don't even understand what I'm talking about. You are children of the devil. 
You follow him as your leader. He has always been a murderer and a liar. There is no truth in him. That's when I tell you the truth. You hate me for it. You cannot accuse me of even one sin. The reason why you don't believe me is because you are not children of God. How dare you? The man said. You are insane. Jesus was not rattled by the tension building around him. He replied, I'm not insane. What you are hearing is me honoring my father. My father is the one whom you say is your God. The truth is that you don't know him, but I do. And if I said I didn't know him, I would be lying. Abraham rejoiced when he thought about me coming to earth to teach the people. He foresaw these times we are now living in, and he was overjoyed by it. The one man could not tolerate this. He spat. You little upstart. You don't even have any gray hair yet, and you claim to have known Abraham? Jesus replied, Before Abraham was, I am. The Jews recognized these words. They knew from the ancient scriptures that when Moses had asked God for his name, he replied, I am. This was too much for the group of Jews. They could not believe Jesus would claim to be the great I am. Many began yelling, This is blasphemy! The crowd surged forward to grab Jesus and stone him. But in the confusion, he walked out through a side door in the temple. He walked right beside some of them, but they didn't notice who he was. His escape was a miracle. As Jesus and the disciples walked through the streets of Jerusalem, they came near a man sitting under a tree not far from the Salome pool. The man was begging for money, and it was obvious that he could not see. John pointed and asked Jesus, Why was that poor man born blind? Was it because he or either his parents sinned in some way? No, Jesus answered. He was born blind years ago, said on this very day, God's power would be seen. They walked over to the man. Jesus spat on the ground. He worked the spit into the dirt, making mud, and smeared the mud on the man's eyes. The man was puzzled, but he did not struggle against a strange proceeding. After his eyes were entirely covered in the mud, Jesus said, Now go and wash that off in the Siloam pool. With some help from the disciples, the man made his way over to the pool. He extended both hands in, filled his palms with the cool water and brought them up to his face. After washing all the mud away, he opened his eyelids. First, the picture was cloudy and dim, but it quickly brightened and became crystal clear. For the first time in his life, the world that the man had heard, felt and smelled appeared. Do you believe on the Son of God? Jesus asked the man. Who is he? The man asked. Jesus smiled and said, You are looking directly at him. Wiping tears from his face. <laughs> yes, I believe. 
This formerly blind man then began to follow Jesus Christ and to learn all he could about worshipping the true God. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to understand that the way they were trying to lead people was not righteous. He wanted to show them that they were corrupting true religion and living selfishly. He saw a man leading a small flock of sheep, taking great care to ensure that all the animals were safe. Jesus pointed to this man and his sheep and said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd is willing to give up his life for his sheep. But the hired workers are different. They don't own the sheep, and they are only in it for their wages. So if they see a wolf approaching, they run away and leave the sheep unprotected. I sacrifice my life for my sheep. He continued, I am come that they might have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Some were angered by his words. Surely this man has a demon in him. One man said, He is insane! Why should we listen to him? But others were deeply impacted by his teachings. An elderly man who had heard Jesus speak several times said to the crowd, How could anyone influenced by a demon say these beautiful and true things? He pointed to the man who had just been healed. And it is absolutely certain that no one with a demon could give sight to a blind person. A short time later, the time came for a new phase in Jesus' ministry to begin. Christ knew that there was more work to do than could be accomplished by just the twelve disciples who had been following him. So he considered the other people who had heard his teachings and who had believed on and loved him. He prayed to his father and then selected 70 of these individuals for an important mission. You will go out in Paris to accomplish something very important. He instructed the 70 men. You will go into various towns and villages that I will soon be visiting, and you will tell the people that I am coming soon. These men felt deeply honored by being able to help God's work in this way, but they were unsure about how exactly they should proceed. Jesus continued with his instructions. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. We need more people to believe the truth and to help proclaim the truth of God. So you must first pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. When you visit the people in these towns and villages, you should heal their sick, Jesus said. God will give you the power to heal them, and this will make the people more receptive to the message you will be delivering to them. The message is, the kingdom of God will soon be here. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story, find it under the resources tab at PCG dot church.